21, verses 33 through 35. Amen. If you feel comfortable in standing, can we stand to honor the infallible word of God? I'm just going to be reading verse 33. We're going to be taking a little bit of a journey tonight. And they turned and went up by the way of Bashan. And Og, the king of Bashan, went out against them and all his people to battle at Edrei. Amen. If we feel comfortable in doing so, can we close our eyes and lift our hands? Can we just begin to speak to the king of Israel? Can we just begin to lift our voice in this house to give reverence to the king that love us? Lord God of Jacob, we thank you, Lord, for what we experienced this morning, how you blessed your sons and your daughters, God, how you moved on their hearts, how you moved in the situation. And God, tonight we expect the same thing. God, we claim the same thing. God, we desire and long for the same thing. And I pray, oh God, that there is an outcome for that individual today, that there's resolution. God, that there's deliverance, there's ministry. And God, you show your hand, God, tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. If you feel comfortable in doing so, can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise? And somebody give our king a shout of praise. Amen. You may be seated. Tonight, I'd like to preach this particular thought because I think it's pertinent for every single one of us here. The size of my problem. The size of my problem. In this particular scripture, we are in the 39th year of the children of Israel coming to the end of their wilderness journey. We know that the children of Israel could not go into the land of Canaan. They couldn't go into the promised land because 10 out of the 12 spies were afraid and lacked faith. They told of walls that went up into the sky. They told of giants in the land that made them look like grasshoppers. And because of the lack of faith of 10, it affected an entire generation going into the promised land. So this particular point in the book of Numbers, Miriam is dead and they are preparing to get ready to take their promise. The children of Israel left the Sinai Peninsula, which is just north uh, east of Egypt, and they begin to conquer the land just east of modern day Israel, just east of their promised land just east of the land of Canaan. They begin to go into the country of Jordan, and they begin to dominate, and they begin to take the land, and they begin to conquer the land of Jordan. They begin to go in into uh, the country of Syria, into the Golan Heights, because what God was doing was preparing them to take their promise. They couldn't avoid, they could not avoid the uncomfortable situation to get their promise. They couldn't avoid the problems just to get to their promise. They could not avoid the tough and the hardship. They could not avoid the trials and the tribulations to get to the land flowing with milk and honey. They can't walk away from it. It reminds me of when my wife was a music teacher and I remember her singing about going on a bear hunt. I'm going on a bear hunt. I'm going on a promise hunt. I'm going on a blessing hunt. I'm going on desiring the things of God hunt, and I'm not afraid. I can't go around it. I can't go under it. I can't go over it, but I've got to go through it. Amen. And many of us here tonight, we have situations that are grand, 
And if we are not careful, we avoid it. If we are not careful, our avoidance, the avoiding the situation, avoiding getting through the tough times, avoid getting through the trial and the tribulation, and being fearful could compromise our blessing and the things that God wants from us. We've got to get through it. Amen. That's why when we have conversations with alcoholics, your problem is still there. Even though you bathe in an alcohol, your problem is still there. Amen. But when we go through it, God goes before us. When we go through our problem, God is with us. Amen. And so they come into the region of Bashan and the region of the, uh, uh, not the Amalekites, but the Ammonites. And they come into this particular region and they encounter the king of Sion. Sion was a king of the, uh, the Ammonites. And Israel made a pact and a deal with them saying, hey, we want no problems with you. Just allow us to go through your land. Allow us to go through your territory. And we won't take any of the land. We won't confiscate anything that's yours. Do we have an agreement? So the king of the Ammonites King Sion said, sure, go ahead and go through. You can trust me. Well, that did not last long. King Sion said, man, look at these people that are not as armed as we are. Look at these people that are look weaker than us. We're going to take the opportunity to attack the children of Israel. Well, that was a poor choice because he didn't pay attention to the cloud by day and the fire by night that went before them. Only if he knew what that golden box in front really meant, that the glory of God was going with the people. And that's how our enemy is, and that's how situations are where they think that we're weak, but God is with us. And God is saying, don't avoid your problems, go through your problems, because I am with you. So, Sion, the king of the Ammonites, was utterly destroyed. God was with them. And God destroyed the king and all those people. And then they come into the region in modern-day Syria called Bashan. Bashan had a king by the name of Og. Og was a giant. Og was the giants that they feared. Og was the giants that intimidated from them claiming their promise. And many of us tonight, we look at our promise and we say, look at the walls bigger than us. Man, I want to be in God, but there's giants that are making us look like grasshoppers. So King Og was a giant. He was a Rephanite. He was a type of giant. Giants have been throughout the Bible. We know of David and Goliath, but there were many more types. The first mention of giants was in Genesis chapter 6, verse 4, when it said that the sons of God laid with the daughters of men. And they had offspring, men of renown. The men of renown were the giants. They gave birth to giants. And those giants were called the Nephilim. And Nephilim in Hebrew means the fallen. Only if they knew that their name had already set them up for failure because they're going to fall. Nephilim means that they're the fallen. And there it is, mighty men, which of old men of renown, those were the giants. These were the beginnings of the giants, and they were consistently giving Israel problems. And so, Numbers chapter 33, verse 34, and God has to remind many of us when there is a giant that we are trying to go around. But we've got to get through it to get to our blessing. 
Many of us are avoiding it. I, I can't deal with Og. That guy is too tall, too big, too scary, too strong, makes me uncomfortable. I've just got to circumvent it and go around, but I can't go around it. To get to the things of God, I've got to go through my giants. Amen. This giant of depression, this giant of oppression, this giant of addiction that is before me, this giant of emotional instability, mental health issue, this giant is before me, but I, I don't want to go against him. He's scary. God is for you. The size of my problem is not too big for our God. Amen. And so, as I said, King Sion and the Ammonites were killed, and here came the children of Israel. A cloud by day and a fire by night. This particular campaign by Moses to prepare them for their promise. And here came King Og of Bashan and all his men. It was estimated that he was nine feet to 13 and a half feet. And we're going to talk about his bed in a little bit. And here comes Og of Bashan. To the Jewish tradition, he was the keeper of the dead. He's the things that you buried, this giants. The things that we put to death comes back to haunt you. Amen. And so Og comes out looking just strong, looking like a warrior, and all his men are intimidating, and here come the children of Israel, never being in a campaign to this level. But what is Moses through God Tell the children of Israel. And this is what God wants to relay to you tonight about the Yog in your life. Standing before you and your deliverance. Standing before you and your healing. Standing before you and your promise. Just standing there all scarred up thinking that I'm Og and I'm going to stop you. But we, if we are not careful, we try to go around it. But we've got to get through them to our promised land. And so what does God tell the children of Israel? Fear him not, for I have delivered him into thy hand. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. It said, Moses himself said it, my God is my man of war. He has gone before me. He has sent angels. Yes, even into this area, God has sent angels before you. Fear him not. Fear your situation not. God is for you. And he has what? He gave them to you. For I have delivered him into thy hand and all his people and his land. And thou shalt do to him as thou didst unto Zion, king of the Amorites, which dwelt at Heshbon. Amen. The way that I demonstrated my hand to Sion, king of the Amorites, is the same way that Nephilim, that giant, that Anakim, those things of terror, I will bring down for I am your God. I am here to tell you that uh, the Anakims and giants also mean terror, and there are situations and giants in your life tonight that are bringing terror into your life. But remind, remember that their name means the fallen. They have already fallen in the face of God. Amen. So verse 35. So they smote him and his sons and all his people until there was none left him alive. Was there any, anything left? No. No. They utterly destroyed the giant in their life. And they possessed his land. Amen. And they took what the enemy meant for evil, God meant for good. All things work together for the good of them that love him according to his purpose. 
every giant in your life tonight, God has put that in front of you to strengthen you, to temper you, to bring a testimony, to bring a memorial, and to demonstrate his wonders. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 2, verses 20 through 21. So now we are at exactly at the 40 years. The book of Deuteronomy is a recap of the wilderness, a emphasis on scripture and law, and them being prepared to go into the promised land. So Moses is about to leave the children of Israel. Joshua is about to take over, and they emphasize in chapter 2 how that giant fell. That also was accounted a land of giants. Giants dwelt therein in old time, and the Ammonites called them Zanzummons. And that is specifically Ammonite. It means terror. It means terror. And things in our life arrive that it brings terror, but God is not the God of fear. So the children of Israel blowing their shofars, the Ark of the Covenant going forth, brought down these men of renown, these men of old, these giants of old. God is for us. Amen. Amen. Verse 21. A people great and many and tall as the Anakims, but the Lord destroyed them before them. Who destroyed them? The Lord. Amen. And they succeeded them and dwelt in their stead. Amen. And so the Anakims, which were another type of giants, another name for the giants, the children of Israel, everything that they feared, everything that those ten spies feared, God destroyed. Everything that kept them from their initial blessing, God destroyed and God claimed. Amen. Everything that hindered, everything that created fear, everything that created a hesitancy, God destroyed it, utterly destroyed it, and gave it to Israel. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. Here is a recap, and we are going to dive into the specifics of the battle against Og, the king of Bashan, which is in Syria. Then we turned and went up the way to Bashan, and Og, the king of Bashan, came out against us, he and all his people, to battle at Edri. Amen. He thought that giant was intimidating, that giant thought, who are these desert people coming out of nowhere? Who are these people that have some golden box? I've got sword, they've got some box. Who are these people that have a cloud that seems to follow? I am a giant. I am bigger than your God. I am bigger than you. And that is the situations that we face. It is intimidating. Things happen where all it is is to be psychological warfare on us, but God is for us. Amen. Amen. We still need to get back to Deuteronomy chapter 3. And the Lord said unto me, Fear him not. Let God emphasize it to you tonight. Fear not your problem. Fear not that situation. And at the same time, we can't avoid it. We've got to go through it. Otherwise, we can never claim the land flowing with milk and honey because we'd be wandering around the only gate to our promise. That gate may be uncomfortable. That gate may be warfare. And that gate may be a giant. But God is for you. Fear it not here tonight. For I will deliver him and all his people and all and his land into thy hand, 
And thou shalt do unto him as thou didst unto Zion, king of the Amorites, which dwelt at Heshbon. And how did the battle go? So the Lord our God delivered into our hands Og also, the king of Bashan. Amen. And all his people. And we smote him until none was left to him remaining. Nothing. And that's the thing. When we have a victory, we've got to destroy it utterly. We've got to give it to God utterly because otherwise it comes back. It's kind of like Saul not killing all the Amorites like God told him to. It became a problem later on in the book of Esther. We've got to utterly destroy the problem and give it to God. Otherwise, it resurfaces, it grows, it multiplies, and it comes and causes problems once again. Some of us here tonight, we have an og, and we have a giant, and God is telling you to fear it not. Amen. Let's continue with this campaign. It's exciting stuff. And we took all his cities at that time. There was not a city which we took not from them. Three score cities, all the region of Argob, the kingdom of Og in Bashan. Amen. Did you say that all of it was theirs? Mm-hmm. They took all, all of it? All of it. Not just one city. All of it. Not just the perimeters. Not just the outlying cities. They took mm-hmm. everything that was the enemies, and God blessed them with it. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine the testimony and the memorial that you can have when you bring down your giant of anger, mm-hmm. your giant of resentment, that mm-hmm. giant of depression, what God will give you as a testimony from it? Mm-hmm. Amen. This is, the, this is one of my favorite parts. Please go. All these cities were fenced with high walls, gates, and bars, besides unwalled towns, a great many. Uh, please allow me to jog your memory. What did the ten spies fear? The giants and the walls. God gave them the giants and the walls. God handed them the giants and the walls. Amen. Only if they knew what God could have done earlier on. Amen. Only if they knew how God would have worked for your giant and your wall. If you would have just had the faith to go. Amen. Amen. Verse 6 and 7, please. And we utterly destroyed them, as we did unto Zion, king of Heshbon. Amen. Utterly destroying the men, women, and children of every city. Amen. But all the cattle and the spoil of the cities we took for a prey to ourselves. What our enemy means for our harm and our hurt and our pain and our suffering, when you give it to God and all that giant that keeps your dead things falls and goes to the hand of God, the blessings, the memorials, and the testimonies of what God could do in that circumstance. Amen. Now, chapter 3, verse 11, we get a description of this very short giant. For only Og, king of Bashan, remained of the remnant of giants. Amen. Now, he was the last of these particular type of giants. We have the Nephilim, which was uh, Og was a descendant of from the book of Genesis. We have the Anakims, which was a certain type, a regional type, a certain name. And we had the uh, Rephaites. And the Rephaites were the sons of Rapha, and the Anakims were the son of Anak. This was mentioned in the book of Chronicles. But he was the last of his type, that type of giant. Mm-hmm. Amen. O- for only Og, king of Bashan, remained of the remnant of giants. Behold, his bedstead was a bedstead of iron. So you're telling me he didn't buy it from Ikea? Yeah. I guarantee there were more instructions with that bed than Ikea. 
Amen. But a bedstead made of iron. Is it not in Rabath of the children of Ammon? That's in Raymond, uh, Jordan. They believe that it's there today. Amen. Go ahead. Nine cubits was the length thereof. Okay, so a cubic is a foot and a half. Nine cubits is 13.5 feet long. Man, I need that bed. It is. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And four cubits, the breadth of it. That's six feet wide. After the cubit of a man. Amen. So once again, a cubic is a foot and a half. So it is believed that Og, who had a giant iron bed, was at least nine feet to 12 to 13 feet long. It is believed. How tall is the circumstance in your life? Hallelujah. And do we keep the bed to remember it, or do we put it on the curb to go to the trash? Because they kept the bed as a memorial. Amen. We know that they kept uh, Goliath's sword as a memorial of what David did. But there's things that we've got to destroy so we don't remember. We build a memorial to God, but there's things I don't want to remember it. I want it to die. Amen. Joshua chapter 2, verse 10. This is Rahab speaking wisdom. But we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt. And what ye did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side, Jordan, Zion, and Og, whom ye utterly destroyed. Amen. So here's Rahab hearing of what happened in that campaign. And it said that all the hearts of those in Jericho melted like wax, melted like water. They lost the will to fight because they understood what God did to this giant. And I'm telling you, every demon and every fallen angel, when God begins to move in the service or begins to move in your home, begins to move in your prayer life, I'm telling you, they begin to fear what God can do. That spirit of depression, that spirit of addiction, they see the great things that the God of Israel has done, and it causes our enemy's heart to melt like water. Amen. Now, we are going to go into our last a uh, bit of scripture tonight, 2 Samuel chapter 21, verses 20 and 22. And there was yet a battle in Gath. And this is King David at the time. Where was a man of great stature. We knew that there was a Goliath. David utterly killed him with a, well, really with his sword. But God behind the stone and David decapitated him with his own sword. What the enemy meant for my harm, God uses it against the enemy. Mm-hmm. Amen. But that wasn't the end of our giants. We know that Moses uh, went into the land of the giants and destroyed them. In the book of Joshua, they, they cleaned up and finished up the Anakims because they knew that they couldn't lay it, let them live amongst their promise. They couldn't let them move along their blessings in the land flowing with milk and honey. So Joshua had to kill the rest of the Anakims. And you know what's interesting is that this tall giant's land, the giant walls, went to the smallest tribe of Manasseh in the book of Joshua. The land of Og, the land of Bashan, went to Manasseh, which was this tiny, small little tribe, and it was a land given to them. It doesn't matter about your size and stature, your age, and your place in God. If God is for you, look what he can bless you with. Man, give me Bashan. Amen. And that was the walls that they feared and the giants that kept them from their promise. Mm -hmm. Amen. Now, we are going to be looking at an interesting batch of giants here. 
chapter 21 of 2 Samuel, verses 20 and 22. And there was yet a battle in Gath, where was a man of great stature that had on every hand six fingers and on every foot six toes. Talking about a genetic abnormality. Mm. But can you imagine high-fiving that? Yeah. But these were giants. They were still showing up. They were still rising up. Things happen, and they come in different forms and fashions, whether they have five toes, six toes, nine feet tall, ten feet tall. It doesn't matter. God is with you. Trust in him and don't fear him. Can you imagine how intimidated they were? Like, man, that guy has a huge handle on his sword because he has six fingers. But did it fear? Did it bring fear to the children of Israel? Let's see what happens. Four and twenty in number. And he also was born to the giant. Born to the giants. Oh, those Nephilim, those Anakims, those Raphaites. Doesn't matter. They are going to fall in the presence of God. Go ahead. And when he defied Israel, Good luck. Jonathan, the son of Shimea, the brother of David, slew him. I could only imagine what the combat was with these tall individuals and these people that were of the children of God, not as tall. Did they run up their legs? Did they just hack them down? Or did God just strike them dead? But God is for them. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine how intimidating it was that these tall individuals, taller than me, even though sometimes... I get the joke that I am from the tribe of the Anakims. Uh-huh. Amen. But can you imagine these individuals, 8 feet, 9 feet, 12 feet tall, whatever their height were, and how intimidating it was. But God showed his hand. God showed his wonders. Amen. And he fell by the, Jonathan, the brother of David. Let's talk about the last four. These four were born to the giant in Gath and fell by the hand of David and by the hand of his servants. Amen. Fell by the hand of King David because David understood that my, grand, my grandparents knew what the giants could do and what God, God had done to the giants, what my predecessors had done to the giants in my life. I'm telling you as parents, if we begin to conquer the giants in our life, it begins to bless our children. It begins to encourage our children. And if we are not careful, situations become generational giants that may have to be faced. But we've got to teach them at a young age what it is to stand up to the giants. We can't go around it. We can't go under it. We can't go over it, but God has told us to go through it to our promise. Amen. If we could stand to our feet tonight, and we begin to close our eyes and lift our hands, 